Hello and welcome to the Popcorn Brain Creative Podcast. My name is Caroline and I am so lucky today to have a guest here in the remote studio and it's Stine. Welcome Stine. Thank you. You are so kind that you've said yes to participate today and uh, it's always great to interview one of your idols and I am such a fan and just to give a short presentation that you can hopefully elaborate on later. You have done so many things. You are an illustrator, an author, uh, an artist, uh, and a gallery owner now as well. <laughs> and you are trans. Well, you already are translated into uh, into the German market. And I'm just so excited to hear more about your creative journey and all the things that are in the pipeline for you as well. So thank you for joining me today. And uh, because this is a, a series that explores artists and creative people from all over the world. I would like to start with some kind of introduction to where you are uh, geographically, because uh, it's always exotic for other people to hear where um, yeah. where the uh, where you sit. So uh, you know, I'm sitting here in my messy room, and I got up a little bit late, so I haven't really changed into anything uh, but a sweater over my PJs, and I'm looking out into the windy northern Jutland. But but where are you, and what's it looking like from where you're sitting? Uh, I'm in my teeny tiny apartment in Copenhagen. Uh, I spend a lot of time trying to pose my camera because we're recording, so we can see each other where you can see least possible of my mess. Uh, and I have a very messy balcony that I'm trying to ignore, so I pulled the curtain, so I have no idea what kind of weather it is <laughs> today. Okay, you, you can't hear like the hustling wind like I can hear in the northern part of Jutland. No, I think. Uh, I live very in the middle of the city with all the tall buildings. So I think it takes a lot for me to be able to hear the wind. But but, but good for you. The The screen is very grainy from where I'm sitting. So I, I, I can only see like a blurry, blurry something in the background. I just I just saw your cat, which is also awesome because your cat is, is famous <laughs> from, from many of your works yeah. as well. So I feel like I've, I've done a cool <laughs> sighting. And, and yes, I also want to say congratulations on your success because you uh, you've got so many books published and now you also have a daily column, like a daily comic column or daily comic in one of the big national newspapers you've got translations it's amazing do you do you feel like you are there now as an author as an artist and are you set as settled in your identity as such or or how does it feel oh that's a difficult question to answer because am i have i made it as far as i thought i would go i i think i am very far and beyond what i thought would be possible for me, I mean, all of the things I do now, I suppose, have been a dream of mine. Um, but in the and one day I will also have ten horses and a castle and it's <laughs> dreamy dreams. little dreams, sort of. It it hasn't been realistic ambitions. I feel like I have worked towards them very ambitiously. And, and very target oriented, but but I, I I don't think I actually realized that one would be able to do these thing, things. Well, one, I mean, other people have done it before, but not me, surely. Um, so yeah, in a way, I feel I have made it, but it's also very unrealistic that has happened to me, I guess. So I also feel like it could be taken away very mm -hmm. easily i mean I, I could use lose my job with the comic strip or i could stop publishing books and it's all um you know the creative field isn't very profitable so it's not like uh, yes. now i have enough money <laughs> for the rest <laughs> of my days so i i don't think it's that unrealistic that still in a few years, I might be out looking for a job or something. I, I, I think that could still happen. Yeah, like I guess you're really right about that. Like the creative field, it is still very uncertain. And yeah, you don't you don't make enough money to save up for retirement. So you, you always have to be on the lookout for new projects and new jobs and yeah, new ways to, to make money come yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. So, and, so right uh, now I'm kind of settled because I have my daily strip in the paper. So I cause I have made it in a way and I I have made a name for myself which I'm assuming or hoping would make it easier from here to actually make money 
from doing the creative stuff and my own things, but but it's also a very uncertain field, I think. But I, I think the goal I set for myself when I became a freelancer was I want to make a living out of doing my own things instead of doing things for clients. And I have done that since October. So in that way, I, yeah, I have achieved my goal. Do you ever get ridden with the the terrible imposter syndrome or just just wake up and and think that it's it was all just a dream or that it wasn't happening to you? Yeah, that's basically all, all day every day. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the life of an artist, it's so great. <laughs> yeah, because I have that it could all be taken away from me and my boyfriend is like, "No, that's not how it works." <laughs> and it's like, "Yeah, it is." But but you have uh, you have a lot of fans out there, so yeah, they they will remember it. It's not just gonna go away from you. But I definitely know that feeling. Yeah, because um, it does feel like it's something we're pretending. And I guess that's also being a visual artist and a writer. It's not like I imagine it's different if you're a musician and you play to stadiums full of people. Then it's, it would hit you. I imagine that oh, they are here for me. I. <laughs> have made something out of myself but that's not really how it is for me if people respond to me they they do it from a screen yeah well i remember seeing you at the at the book fair this november in copenhagen i was there for the first time as an as an author and uh, i was uh, i was running from where i was uh, standing in my booth uh, over to find you and my husband and my daughters were waiting in line and they heard the interview and yeah. i mean that that was a lot of people a big line of of uh, of happy fans just wanting to get a, an autograph in their books and and to say hello to you how did that feel that felt pretty amazing uh, because yeah for signing books I had such huge lines and I do very elaborate signings with drawings and personal greetings so I'm a very very slow signer and I also try to take my time speaking to people so I was very sweaty and thinking they're just gonna leave when they find out how much time I'm spending doing this but it's sort <laughs> of, I, it, it meant a lot to me that they stayed, but there was also, I had a live interview on the book fair Saturday morning where three people came to listen. So, you know, it's not. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they, not... they were, they were standing in the, they were standing in the coffee lineup or something there. Yeah. 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 Just listening to more famous authors than me. I mean, I guess that's the downside of, I primarily, I feel like I primarily do comics. Yeah. And you don't get that far <laughs> on the fame radar if you do come, which is fine by me. I mean, I, I would like to make a living and I want my stuff to mean something to people. Uh, but but, I but have, you're not in it for the fame? No, I don't have that need to be like in the book fair with the huge posters of five meter tall faces of people looking down with a toothpaste smiles and people <laughs> saying, the new Stina book is out this year. Um I don't think I'd be comfortable with that. Well, you never know; it might happen. And uh, and I actually, you've published so many, so many books, and I actually gave up trying to count your titles. I mean, I could have done if I <laughs> if I wanted to, but I just thought, okay, there is a lot. Yeah. Um, but you've published also in in quite a few different fields. You've made a, a crochet book that is super super cute. Several children's book, books, graphic novels, uh, like what I would say, like young adult graphic novels, uh, adult graphic novels, a postcard art book. And it's, uh, yeah, which was the first one that was published? And, um, oh, sorry, which which was not the first published, but which was your first book idea? What was the first thing that you thought this could be made into a book that could, you know, benefit people or maybe also be be profitable in some way, of course? Mm. Oh, that's a good question because there's a fun story about when I was first published um, because I worked on the crochet book and the postcard book and one of the children's books and they ended up coming out the same month so I debuted with three books at the same time which was very confusing um, but I think it was a postcard book that was sort of the first idea because it's based on, I had a webcomic, an autobio webcomic, and I had been talking to several publishers about making that into a book. Um, 
but I didn't want to just publish what was already out there to read and what people had already read. And also it was a daily strip for such a long time. So there were like thousands of drawings. So what to choose, how to make a theme, should it just be a period of time? And I think that evolved into the postcard book, which is called Heartbreak. And it ended up being me trying to distill every heartbreak I've had into 30 drawings in shape of postcards. So it, it somehow became, uh, it went from becoming, uh, let's make a webcomic into a book onto a very weird art projecty book that sold rather bad. I think the publisher thought, oh, we're finally getting some someone to publish a comic who's already a name and will sell a lot. But it turns out people aren't that happy about buying books with only 30 pages. But but 30 very powerful pages, I must say. Yes, but but very, uh, yeah, they, they really hit you in the heart when you look at them. It's also still one of the things I've ever made that I'm the most proud of because I do think it has a lot of impact. And I do think mm -hmm. I did distill all the heartbreaks into one and it's very it's very sad but it's also very funny and quite cute i was um i was sitting at a shared studio at the time called the coal cellar and a guy there called thomas said he didn't want to read it because he's never been a girl with a heartbreak and i said well it's supposed to be a little bit more universal than that it's not a story per se and he was like okay i'll borrow it and i'll try to read it and the next day he he went back to my table and just clashed it down and said, it made me feel so bad. <laughs> His desk had just started drawing without looking at me. <laughs> and that made me very proud because uh, obviously it spoke to all of the bad emotions he's had in that department. Yeah, that's good. That also, yeah, he thought that he couldn't, uh, he couldn't, um, that, that it wouldn't resonate with him and then it actually impacted him that that's yeah. good that's i guess what we all want and yeah, exactly. but like yeah so so you're very proud of that and i and i understand that uh, but you must you must also have felt uh super proud and like you made it when you found out that your uh that one of your books is translated into german and bought by a, the german market how how did that come about and can you tell a little bit about that journey um oh god there's a word i'm trying to remember yeah it it the the publishing house uh, hired an agent uh for it and she actually tried to sell that postcard book before as an agent because she really loved it but of course and it would also be very easy to translate because there's no text but again the foreign markets were like nobody wants to buy a 30-page book <laughs> so she didn't succeed with that um but actually she she sold it to the icelandic market first oh cool and then to the german one so it came out in the fall in iceland and then this spring in german um so i i think it, it's very much thanks to the agent that it happened so it's not like something i have done uh to make it happen i was hoping of course because it's also rather easy money when you've already made the book i'm not translating it um, but also just an exciting thought that more people from other countries that have no idea who i am already might pick it up yeah it's cool but yeah i also find it so uh, uh intriguing with the whole kind of translation process i was just yeah. looking at the jenny lawson the bloggers instagram and she also yeah she's published lots of lots of book and have had them translated into many languages so mm. she's doing this thing now where she's kind of she's looking at some of her translations and then translating them back to english to see <laughs> what they actually say and it's hilarious because it's some kind of google translate thing and it doesn't always make sense but but when she kind of sees the different the titles and the subtitles and the yeah. back cover text and it's like no that's not what i wrote <laughs> but you <laughs> kind of imagine that because they're also my things are very um minimalistic in both drawings but also in the language but i try to make it very spoken not written so it, there is a lot of sentences as it turned out because i was uh, of course assisting the translators there's so many words that just said in danish that nobody mm -hmm. knows why we say 
uh, like there is this thing that was cool to say in the 90s. Let's uh, yell dick and get the hell out of here. Yeah. <laughs> it makes no sense. Why would anyone say that? And and in the comic, there's this mom who's saying it and her teenage daughter is like, oh my God, you do not sound cool when you say that. Um, but the mom obviously thinks she does. And the guy from Iceland was like, um, so because he's, he's, he's very good at Danish, but he doesn't live in Denmark. So he wasn't there in the 90s when everybody was like, yeah, let's yell dick. So he was like, is, is it the mom is yelling about dicks? <laughs> no, no, it's absolutely not. So I could imagine that if he had not asked me about that, that would have been a really, really weird translation. Yeah. That's where you want some high class uh, yeah, translation service that actually really goes into depth with, with what they are translating, because that's that's some of the really important uh, subtext in it. Yeah. And yeah, I also just remember saying that to my husband. He's English, so trying once to say, uh, yeah, <laughs> let's yell dick and get out of here. And he also, what? <laughs> so it's funny. And also, yes, because the when, when the text is minimalistic, then it, yeah, it's, it's even it's even more important that it's actually a uh, that the the proper meaning is is getting across in the new language. Yeah, exactly, because but... it has so many layers. The yellow dick example is like it tells you something about the age when the mom grew up, how she thought of herself when she was a teenager and how she's trying to cling to that being the cool mom who's still young, but also that she's not really young because she has no idea how the youngsters of today are speaking. And that's such a layered sentence, but there is only that sentence. Mm-hmm. I think I'm also pretty hard to translate, which can make me nervous sometimes. But but then again, I guess as a translator for something that is that convoluted, you just have to give it your own spin. So it sort of also becomes their book a little bit. Yes, definitely true. Definitely true. So translators, they play a very important part. And yeah, also uh, that that's an art form in its in itself mm-hmm. almost. Yeah, it is. It is. I have also translated books and comics, and it it really is something. Yeah, it's not just translating words ever. No, that, yeah, that's right. I've seen. Yeah, we've read some books that you've translated as well. That's true. The the llama book. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That was that was very very cute. <laughs> it's uh, Uncle Sean and Bill. I think it's called in English. Illustrated cool. by Gemma Corell. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's a good one too. She is. So, uh, talking about illustrations and when you started drawing, I think you know you 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 mentioned your 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 web comic that I was also a, a reader of back in the day when when people had web web comics and blogs and uh, yeah. <laughs> seems like ages ago. So, how was your life like then? Did you did you just draw all the time every day? Have you always been practicing a lot, or or what? How how was your process back then, starting out to to make a web comic where you actually had to have something published there? Yes, yeah, so often. Mm, I think at that time I was in journalism school, um, because you couldn't at that time there was no way you could both as a, a, a choose an education where you were both writing and drawing and I wanted to do both kind of equally but I imagined that going with the writing would give me more options in life and also perhaps make it easier to make money I was right Um, but I also realized that as you grow up you do less and less of just sitting down and drawing for the fun of it because you get busy and you I mean a lot of kids stop drawing like at the age of maybe 10 or 12 because they look at their stuff and and suddenly go wow I'm not very good at this <laughs> maybe I cannot <laughs> do this because it looks terrible um but I kept going and I was fine but I could also but it also see that because I did it less and less I wasn't getting any better so I think it was making the webcomic was sort of an attempt to actually do it but it was also because I was in a media school and blogs were the new exciting thing. I mean, this was 2008, I think, um, which in social media years and blog years is a thousand years ago because everyone thought it was like new and exciting and what can this media do? 
and there wasn't influencers or we was we weren't sick of people doing that it was just an exciting new medium to explore and i was very into that yeah it was a cool time i <laughs> but it seems like yes it's 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 ancient times uh yeah in social media years yeah. it's very strange sometimes i think how did i have the time to post all the things i did back then on the blog and how did i have time to read all the posts like from everybody else every day yeah i know i read so many web comics and blogs back then but then there wasn't facebook and instagram and things like that so that did not take up no any time so i guess that was just the scrolling time <laughs> then it was the blogs but it was a good idea to yeah to have that web comic to keep yourself motivated to keep yourself in the practicing mode and yeah. and to kind of also have a have a have a contract with yourself to post yeah exactly um, it was it was a one year project that was supposed to make me better but also uh, explore how it was to have my own sort of medium i guess is your cat okay i can hear it calling for attention he just wants me to keep him company in the bathroom great that's how he is he's a weirdo <laughs> cats are the best <laughs> so uh for 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 uh for for people now living in this day and age and not uh not ancient times of social media what what advice would you give to them if you were a new if you were a newbie starting out now how would you approach it with with practicing and keeping you know getting your skills better but also trying to get out there um it's very easy to get out there but it's very now because there are social media back then when you had a blog how on earth would people find it mm -hmm. it was not very easy to gain an audience it is now but now there's also such a huge competition about that so i i think uh a starting point would be to ask yourself, am I here to get better or am I here to get an audience? Um, because that takes two different approaches. And if you're there to get an audience, I think you should ask someone else than me because I, I got an audience, but it took ages and just posting a lot of content. But I, I don't even use hashtags. I mean, I don't, I don't grow my audience in that way. I want people to be there to enjoy what I'm doing and get something out of it, but but I'm not looking to get get out there in a way. I I I don't want to grow in that. No. That you don't have a content plan to to grow, but yeah, you're just exactly. you're just you're just authentic and that's also why it's great to follow you because you actually also get some of the the real person. Yeah, but and that that has sort of been a strategy for me because I could also see that a lot of people who sort of did the same thing as me did make content uh, concepts and strategies for growing an audience and making money and getting out there and and I think it's fine and it's perfect that they're doing it I'm not judging them but I could feel myself as a, a reader of personal projects it turned me off a little bit and I don't think it turned a lot of people off because they're huge now and until I got that newspaper strip they were way bigger than me I was still doing a lot of copywriting freelancing gigs and things like that just to make money so money wise they made a better strategy but because it was an autobio thing I really wanted it to be something authentic and personal and sort of just straight out the bag and not um not a planned thing and not with a huge webshop. I do have a webshop now, so I'm not better than that. But, you know, I, I just, I didn't want it to be a business plan. I wanted it uh, to be a story that just happened to unfold on social media. Yeah, good choice. And you, you made that work. So, so well done for that. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> Is there anything you would have done differently or, or are you like... I'm not saying like major twists and turn, but just if you could go back and, and tweak one little thing or 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 jump down some kind of some kind of wagon, is there anything you would have done in a different way? Mm. I, I I think I probably should have actually been <laughs> a little bit more um, thinking about business and strategy and things like that. But I think I, I have this. 
money-wise very stupid tendency that when things are going well and I feel like I'm I'm really succeeding in this my brain starts going to what else could we do what else could get exciting I, I don't enjoy riding a wave when it's there I like climbing I like challenging myself so which is stupid sometimes because I'm always trying to drive myself to exhaustion <laughs> and, and always to where I'm doubting is this even possible for me but I just think it's it's an efficient creative motor you develop a lot from that so if, if I should go back to your questions about giving advice to someone it really would be challenge yourself challenge yourself and practice because a lot of people just see what other people are doing and thinking well stick figures are fine and then they just post it and they sort of do the same story every day in mm-hmm. a way instead of thinking what would make me unique where do I want to go what, what do I want with this and really try to drive it somewhere instead of just coasting with something that's fine and that's nice which I mean if that's what you enjoy you should absolutely do it but if I should give someone an advice to actually develop that would be try to climb mountains yeah good advice and also I guess the patience aspect of it that if you're doing something then then don't give up I feel that it, it it's definitely feel that that takes time that you can't just you can't climb the mountain quickly so you also have to let yourself take the time that it actually takes yeah you have to let yourself take the time but you also have to realize that if you do like let's say make a webcomic on instagram you do have to realize that making it is the process enjoying that people are liking it is not making the comic (laughs) being in the process and actually working on it is make is what it's like to have a webcomic to talk about people about how it's fun and it's great and things like that is a by product but but being in the process where it's hard and you hate it and you're insecure and things like that I, I i i think people want to avoid those emotions which i totally get because they suck i mean it, it it's always made up to be this great fun things making cartoons and comics and yeah. but it most of the time it just sucks and it's hard and you doubt yourself but that also makes you so much better it should be playing and fun, but to get there to where it's playtime and fun is really hard. So when we read your daily comic strip, it's just uh, <laughs> we need to think about all the pain that goes on behind. But it's also something for me, like to think about having a daily comic strip. It's like I almost get like <gasps> panic attack just every day having to, you know, to do something creative, something fun, something, you know, that's just got to hit the right spot. And uh, yeah, how do you cope with that? Yeah, but that's because you're thinking about it making the right spot. Yeah. I mean, again, you can do that every day. (laughs) not make that a goal of yours. I I think it's better to um, set other goals for yourself. I mean, I think my primarily goal when I do my autobio stuff is to dare to be honest about things I'm embarrassed about. Because I, I did a lot in, in the corona times. And when I met people out in the real world, they were like, surely you weren't that scared. And I was. And I was very worried, even though I'm I'm healthy, I'm not that old. Um, but I was scared and I was worried for the people and have a lot of anxiety about that. So... And I was embarrassed about that. So so my goal was to face that anxiety and use the strip to sort of face it mm-hmm. and come to terms with it instead of making a daily successful strip. Yeah. Because you, yeah, you sit you down and in think that. to yourself, I want to make something successful today. You're going to fail. Surely you're going to fail. But then to sit down and, and make something that, you know, so many people are going to read when they open their newspaper in paper form or, or they click <laughs> on it online. That must uh, <laughs> that must be a crazy feeling. I can't even imagine. How do you cope with that? I imagine it was going to be a crazy feeling, but I've been putting depressions and anxiety and I don't know what online for so many years. So I thought, well, I, I can deal with this. I can do it. But. Then I post that in a paper, and the thing is, it's a paper. It's made of paper, so absolutely nothing is happening. 
<laughs> Nobody's <laughs> reacting because they're sitting with the paper. That's not the comment section where they write to you. No. So I, I, I did have one little shitstorm, but they mainly wrote the paper. So I don't to me it's it's actually easier to cope with because it doesn't feel real. I think interesting if you sat down and thought about it, it probably would be overwhelming. So I guess maybe it's just because I'm not. Well, let's not talk any more about that because I don't want to create any overwhelming feelings for you. <laughs> let's uh, let's move on to a different subject, one that is just uh, yeah about Munde, your character in your series of I don't know. Would you call it young adult comic or is it like preteen? I, I I at least have two girls here at home who absolutely love it and and I love it too. Um, I think the publishing house is calling it preteen. Yeah. Um and. I think they're calling it an illustrated journal, but I, I think it's a shadowland between comic and journal because there are a lot of comic elements in it, and and each book has between two or three hundred doodles. So there's yeah, that's not nothing. As much illustration as text in it, but it's sub genre. I don't know. Yeah, well, so, sorry if I put the wrong labels on it. Anyways, no, it's awesome. So people know what we're talking about. Yes, and 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 when it it has a lot of fans. It's like it's a really uh, much loved series, um, and and I'm just wondering how does it feel to create something that is so loved? Because I know you get so much uh, so much raise and sorry, not raise praise about oh, that. A raise. <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of praise uh, from on that series, and oh. and you have so many fans, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. Does it does it boost your ego to have made something that is so well loved? Yeah, I think those books. If anything boosts my ego, ego is those books. It's a, it's a book series of four, and I I think it's because it it is for preteens and mainly girls, I guess, because boys don't read about girls, and, they, and their moms, and their moms, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who find themselves so seen when they read them. But girls that age are the best audience you could ever imagine because they are so honest i mean i have also spoken to girls i was like oh you read it and they're like yeah and i was like oh you didn't like it no okay <laughs> because they don't care if they were grown-ups they would be like no it's fine it's good but they don't they are just so completely honest so if they don't like it they just don't want to spend the time of the day don't doesn't matter if they know me as oh i know the author <laughs> it's bad it's bad and they just don't want to spend any time with it but if they love it they just love it so pure at heart mm -hmm. there's no like oh yeah i loved it but the ending of uh, the second book was not my favorite they just love it they just really freaking love it and that is just so heartwarming because adults are always like yeah i love it i love your stuff but i don't want to sound like an idiot or something like that so so we were a little bit more reserved i think when it comes to praise or we're embarrassed about ourselves because i can't stand here praising you for some reason maybe it's a danish thing i don't know but also when you do yeah when you praise somebody like that you you feel yeah you feel so silly i mean i i've I, i'm a big fan of yours and 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 you kind of yeah i almost feel like oh my god i'm so embarrassed that, yeah, that i really <laughs> we're like that when we were grown up but we're absolutely not when we're nine or ten years old we're just like oh my god well, I have my two uh, my two daughters. They're home here in 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 COVID quarantine, and and I I said that I was gonna I was gonna talk to you, and they were like, what? <laughs> but uh, but too too uh, too shy to to come on here and give you a special uh, target group question. But uh, but very very excited, and 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 because you you really hit the spot at least with them, and and also a lot of others hmm. uh, with Minda. So do you? Do you do any research in the target group? Because it really feels like you hit exactly on the spot with so many of the subjects that are, well, th they can identify with, with so much of it. And and as a mom reading along, I also feel that from what I know of their world, that you you just really, you're straight in there where it, where it hurts and, and also where it helps. So so how do you do that? How do you research with, uh, with that group? Or do you just, can you just translate it from your own, from your own uh, preteen uh, youth, or how do you do it? Um, I, I mainly do use myself, actually, but I, I have a very weird memory. I don't 
I remember emotions and sometimes sound. I don't remember images, um, which makes everything in my head very chaotic because you can't really put a timeline on anything because it's not like, oh, it was outside that school. That must I must have been that old. So, so it's a weird memory, but it also means that I can tap back into how it actually was um, being younger because... To me, with that memory, I feel like a lot of children's books authors look back and they have edited their own emotions at that time. Just thinking, oh, we had so much fun. We were really partying. And they forget that on their way to that party, they were dying because they had the wrong shoes on or their belly was sticking out or that guy was kissing another girl or things like that. And they forget that because they just remember the fun and they're imagining themselves as very self-assured people. And I just remember all those feelings. And and I don't think we change that much with age. So, of course, we do get more experiences and we get better at handling the emotions, but a lot of the emotions sort of stay the same, just in a more matured way. So, so I'm using a lot of my own experiences at that age, and but I'm also trying to make it uh, up to date. I mean, it's not like it, it's '90s book. There's also like social medias and phones and things like uh, that, and there's also um, the pressure of doing well. When I was a kid at school, I was bullied partly because I wanted to do well in school and I, I like to read books and that was just such a nerd thing and nerd was a very bad word mm. back then so so I'm also trying to bring in the current world but a lot of the things I'm experiencing with that relates to other experiences I had back then that just wasn't a phone it was something else but I think yeah. emotionally it's the same no matter what age you live in the emotional state is is sort of the same thing you just experience different ways so so i do a lot of trying to write and draw an emotional truth and that's most important to me, thing to me in everything i do it it has to feel like this is emotionally honest and because that's when I read something that is emotionally honest, that's what catches me. And that's what I feel like sometimes you sort of almost have a conversation with mm-hmm. a book because you feel seen. You feel like, yeah, that's right. That's me. Wow. That's so hard. What do we do? Do you have any ideas? And the book sort of comes back with, yeah, I'm trying to do this. And I, I guess I was a very lonely child. So I guess that's what I'm trying to give to kids reading it, that they sort of have that conversation with a book and then sort of a feeling about feeling seen, but also in a fun way. Yes, that it's, that, it's a perfect combination. And I think that's also what my kids take from that book is that the, the, that book series, those books, they are a friend. Mm. they you know they were super excited when another new one comes out and they read it as quick as quickly as they can and enjoy it and just soak it in but then it's one that it's a series that they still take out when they you know when they've had a bad day and before they're going to bed they're taking it out and they're reading it because it's a good friend they know yeah but it's it's really it's it's true i could i could show you how they're (laughs) lying on the night table right now and and um, you know as adults we also do that i guess or at least i do i also have my favorite ones that i've read several times but i know i know that it's like having a conversation yeah with with somebody i know somebody who will challenge me and support me and those things so you've just done such a great job and i just i just need to know when's next one coming out or is minda done or what's happening oh i don't know because um, a lot of things is happening. I'm not very good at focusing on one thing. So when I wrote the fourth or turned in the fourth book, uh, the publishing house decided that it should take half a year for it to come out, where the other ones had only taken three months. And I was a little bit disappointed about that because there was something about being in that role of just making them, making them, making them, and just being inside that 
world and I was oh it's half a year for the next one what to do now and I spoke to another publishing house that was like well we thought about you making a comic with us um that and that then I started working on the one that was translated into a uh, German yeah and it was then my focus just sort of shifted in a way and and I do want um, the books I make to sort of be organic in a way, but it was it was never the intention to actually leave Münde. But then I started doing the other things, and then I got to writing on um, a TV series for kids that was sold, but then I never heard from them again, so I guess it's not going to happen. And then I okay. got uh, the comic strip job, for the newspaper so so it's it's i don't know i i hope one day she pops back well we hope so too I, but i yeah <laughs> like it was my intention to do a christmas book with 24 chapters and a lot of um diy things in it because i've i've hidden a hobby in every book she has a new hobby in every book <laughs> where i'm just sort of trying to sell my own hobbies to kids with like well do you know how fun crocheting is <laughs> i thought it'd be fun to make like a christmas book where you could make christmasy things and presents and things like that and just have fun with it more than actually read it but yeah there's not enough hours in the world. I know that feeling. And uh, well, luckily, there's still time for a Christmas book also this year. So we can just <laughs> yeah. sit here and, and cross our fingers that uh, that yeah, it's going to happen. Too. Yeah. So it's been so great talking to you, Sina. And uh, I guess now I just want to want to ask a little bit about what inspires you to new ideas. If there's, you know, saying you, you say that you have a hard time keeping your focus and, you know, you also, ha you, oh, you have like lots of new offers, lots of new jobs probably and things that you want to follow, but hmm. what inspires you and what is like, what, what, how is your process for, for being, yeah, for being inspired and starting up new things? Mm, it's hard to say. I think life, and conversations actually is what inspires me the most. I, I, I think my favorite thing in the world is to have conversations with people about true things about being a human. And that sounds very philosophical. It's usually not. It's usually kind of drunken and being like, yeah, I know how that feels. I mean, but, but just, you know, where you sort of really let people into your life and you're thinking why on earth are we like that i think it's a wonder about why are we like this i don't understand people but i love trying to understand people so i i think that is my biggest inspiration in a way but but usually because i'm not very good at focusing usually i i need a jumping off point um, so both Münde and the comics were actually publishing houses saying, wouldn't it be fun if you made an illustrated girl's journal? Uh, we would love you to do a comic strip for like 14 year olds. And my first thought is always, yeah, obviously I can do that. Sold. Shake on it and go home. And then I realize, of course I can't do that. That's impossible. Look at me. I'm a half decent artist. I'm okay at drawing, but uh, I'm a fine writer, but I've mostly done copywriting. So of course I can't write a book. And then I just fight my insecurity. And, and sort of that fight um, sparks a lot of ideas where I'd be like, oh, I can't do this. But if I had to do it, you know, it'd be fun. Yeah, sure, that would be fun, but of course that could never happen because yeah, but but what if what if that maybe oh sure, yeah, I guess I guess maybe if I took that direction, maybe it would be possible for a half decent hack like me to maybe do a little bit of that, and then it just sort of ignites a little sparkle, and then it just becomes a very big flame that I just sort of try to keep up with. But I think. 
actually <laughs> wonder about humans' ways of being and so much insecurity. <laughs> Well, well done for for conquering it, and like it, it's a, it's a, it's a so inspiring to hear about that process that it's actually filled with so much doubt and and insecurity, but that that you you take it on and and then you create amazing things. So, yeah, but but I think it's also because I I do have that need for sort of climbing the things I think I can't. Yeah. The, the yeah oh, I wish I could do that but I probably can there's a thing inside me that's just very exhausting actually but also does make sort of new things happen because I never start with yeah I know exactly what to do here and then do it I always feel like I have to invent making the book even though books have been made for a long, long, long time. But it also sounds like a hard process that that can be like. It sounds like that must also be pretty tough on you. Like, what do do, do you do anything special for for self care then when you're in that motion? Because if there's a lot of pushing yourself and challenging yourself, and I'm just thinking, what do you then do to to take care of of Stina so she doesn't get completely <laughs> worn out climbing that mountain? Um, I don't do a lot, I have to say, because the other thing is that when things then get going, when I go from that's impossible, I'm an imposter, and this time they will find out too. Holy cow, I'm doing it. Look at me doing that. That is such a rush that is yeah. the biggest high for me ever being in just that emotion of yeah we're doing it just it's like being a fat little pony who finds out you're a racehorse and you can just run and run and run and it's it is a rush and i love that feeling so so i guess that kind of makes it worth it because there's so much energy and 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 fun and amazement in that process for me so i think that makes it up for me but i am exhausted a lot of the time yeah but uh, but 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 the good flow is definitely that is a high and and, yeah. and of course when you also when you have uh, ch chased it and when you have uh, reached that state of, of of workflow and yes look at me doing it like then then you also know you know the rush so makes it yeah. even even like more uh, crucial to to chase it again and to that get to that stage. Yeah. But but I just I'm just feel like so so happy in a way to hear how you get inspiration from from talking to people and the the real conversations, the real connections because yeah. it's it's so it's so wonderful to hear, you know, a, a person appreciating that and an artist who, you know, as like as like you who 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 gets much gets inspiration from it and then as a reader to then see the actual outcomes that you make and and to think that yes that's of course a reason why the things you make are so awesome and so real that is because you actually you must really listen you must be a great friend you must be you know an awesome person to have conversations with because so many of the things when i when i read and and look at what you've done both both with words and with 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 your drawings they they really they hit me and they i feel seen i feel like or something I didn't even know that I was feeling. You suddenly you painted out, or you so 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 well done for being a you know a good listener yes, and a good that's probably the best praise I've ever had. <laughs> well, well, well. I just want to say thank you for all your work and thank you for for joining me in this conversation. Uh, it's been so great. I continue to be a fan, and it's been amazing to get the opportunity to fangirl a little bit over you here with the safety of a of a screen between us. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for these very interesting questions. I never know what I'm going to answer. So some, it's also a fun way for me to have sort of a conversation about myself because I, I do tend to listen and ask people a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's also exciting to just hear myself saying things like, oh, I suppose that's true. Oh, yes, I am brilliant. And <laughs> no, you, yeah, very good answers. I'm so happy um, to for all the all the clever words you've said. And if if people want to follow you, Stina, can you give a little bit of a, some plugarinos? Some where should they go and check you out? Uh, I'm Stina Stein 
in all the social medias and then the sort of become my artist name which is Stein just means means the line um I don't know if we should spell it out or if, if you have notes in I, I I'm I'm gonna put some notes some links in so and I, I guess a lot of people listening they will also know who you are but uh, it was anything new exciting in the work something you want uh, the the listeners to check out uh no I'm finishing a translation of what you call the llama books yes third one of that and then I'm on to illustrating a book about a very evil bird that my friend wrote and then hopefully I'm doing a comic about not being a mom in a time yes. where all the books are about being a mom um and yeah looking forward to that and then there's the daily comic strip in Pulitzing. So. It's good to hear that you're you're probably not bored and without any yeah, things to do. <laughs> I'm always no. like four books behind. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad that you must also have a high kind of intensity working level and that you're good at being efficient because it's always great that there are so many things coming out from your hand. So uh, keep that up. Don't get into a slump because <laughs> we need to see lots of projects from you. I'll try. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for listening and to all of you out there and also Stina, have a great day and uh, yes, enjoy having your creative popcorn brains with ideas popping out and just ride the wave and climb the mountain. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>